Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Last podcast. This is Rick Roberts, and across the table, I've got Gavin. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. Hey, pretty welcome good. welcome to another great, hopefully, episode of the School of Last. <laughs> I say great because I, I feel great I doing this. Yeah, and We're well into the new year now, and things are moving along pretty good. Yeah. And uh, we've had some good response here in the last couple episodes, and things are really picking up as far as downloads yes. in the new year. So I want to thank you guys for doing that. And uh, one way you can simply do that is to occasionally tweet that we're out there. A couple of people did that this past week. Yeah. It, it was a noticeable bump. Cool. And, uh, you know, just mention your Facebook. Hey, if, even if you're not a comedian, you might want to hear what we talk about. Let them know about School Last podcast. Uh, of course, the other way is these iTunes iTunes reviews. <laughs> and we've got one Smooth. here. I know, man. I'll get my coffee after this episode. Yeah. Uh, and this one comes from iTunable. On January 6th, it says the tagline for the podcast is tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And Rick Roberts and Gavin do not disappoint. Rick is always refining his podcast content and format, whether it be a one-on-one interview with an experienced comic, live roundtable discussions where he answers specific questions from students, or merely banter with Gavin. (laughs) The podcast is chock full of comedy diamonds to apply to your stand-up routine development or public speaking style even goes further. The angst of his students, especially his podcast producer Gavin, about their present early days in stand-up is rich. And Rick's laid-back style, and it's it's a given-you-can-do-it attitude, engenders confidence in his students and listeners. Jeez. He knows funny and comedy development, what it is, what it was, and where it's going. Jeez, that's like, you know, chapter that's, one, verse one. Man, we, if we could hand out awards for iTunes reviews, that you're, is it right there. So yeah, thank you're, you. You're invited to Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Don't let that intimidate anybody out there that's going to write one. That's, uh, but, uh, I mean, that's a blueprint, but you can you can keep it as short as one sentence if you like. Yeah, but it's got to be a good sentence. Yeah, Whatever good, it is, it's got to be one good sentence. <laughs> but those are good. And we've got... We've got lots of those good ones coming in, and it does help us crazy. Uh, get noticed by other folks. So I yeah. wanted to mention that. Also now, um, there's a YouTube channel for School of Laughs. Oh, Lord. <laughs> if you ever want to see what a baby YouTube channel looks like, check it out now because we've got just a handful of videos up. Yeah. But weekly, we'll be posting a Q&A tip on YouTube. Yes. Questions that have been coming in through emails or Facebooks. Uh, we've got four or five up right now. I want you to get in there and subscribe to it so each week you'll just get that email to you, hey, there's a new video up. All of these things are going to be questions direct from the listeners, so yeah. I think you guys will get a lot out of it. And they're good questions. I mean, I'm getting a lot of really good specific questions. So. Yeah, and sometimes it's better to just take a quick minute and bam, do one and send it on. Let that's right. Know. Yeah, That's right. And uh, so that's up. So send us a question that way. Or any other way you want to. You know all the different email carrier addresses. Carrier pigeons. Carrier pigeons. On a deflated football. Yeah. <laughs> They're easier to catch those suggestions if you uh, send them in on a slightly deflated, deflated football. Uh, yeah, from the inflated uh, ego of Bill Belichick. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> our topic today is about your ultimate audience. Okay. Now, what I mean by that is who do you see yourself performing for a few years down the line? If you're going to make a living doing stand-up comedy, who are the people you want buying the tickets to see your show? Right. And so people call those different things. I call it the ultimate audience or the UA. Yeah. 
Um, some comics listening probably have that already, or at least they're kind of getting there. And those of you that are just starting, I'm going to kind of give you some things to think about, but you don't have to worry too much about the ultimate audience right out of the gate. Okay. But until you get to that point, um, you're going to be kind of hit and miss right. until you find your peeps. Okay. So we're going to kind of walk through a few steps to kind of figure out how to get there. Yeah. Does that sound good, Gavin? <laughs> Sounds good to me. And uh, definitely, Gavin, jump in any time. I an ultimate audience. Who do you think, I'll just ask you before we even get into it, five, ten years from now when you're doing this full time, perhaps? I, I honestly have thought about it quite a bit, and I thought, you know, this will be probably in five or ten years, it'll be mid-40s. Um, it'll be somebody who is probably upset with how life is going. It's not meeting their expectations, and they're frustrated with that. They're no longer optimistic young folks. Right. They're realistic curmudgeons. Yeah, 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 it, straight, yeah exactly. And so strangely, it's weird because I'm feeling that frustration, and so then when I have conversations with people that are also frustrated, it it seems to be super funny, and super, and so I'm like, well, how do I how do I bottle that? And how do I get uh, an audience full of those of that person that I'm talking to, you know? Excellent. So that, that's good, actually. Yeah, You've that, got that kind of in the back of your head already. It's, it's in there a little bit, you know, because I, I have some skills and I have some things that sort of set, you know, I, I work with my hands, you know, I do some things like that. So I, I feel like I might translate to some, some of those kind of people, you know, well. And those people, you would call them blue-collar folks or hardworking folks or yeah. what would you call that? Yeah, I don't know if they're blue-collar necessarily – but people who are grounded in reality. And I feel like you're paying your taxes, you're going about, you know, you're going to work, you're doing your thing, you know, not your millionaires and, and probably not, I probably don't translate to too much of the redneck comedy mm-hmm. style. I probably don't have that. So you're talking about the, the middle. You're, in, you're talking about the Hammonaggers. Yeah. The people that are hitting work. Yeah. A couple times a week, they might grab a, a nice bite out to eat, but it's not every night. People that want to lose their minds when people talk in a movie theater. Oh, <laughs> those yeah. Those kind of, those are my people. The, you are my people. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not a bad place to start. Not a yeah. bad place. Uh, you know, for those of you listening that are just starting out, I know we've got quite a few that are, are still even thinking about their first open mic. Uh, early on, I want you just to get out there and perform as much as you can, everywhere you can, for every kind of audience you can. Yeah. Don't, you know, start narrowing down your stuff early. Okay. You need to get out there. And honestly, I think until you've been on stage roughly 100 times, that you shouldn't overjudge anything you're doing. 100. 100, which is three open mics a week for three months. Yeah. Okay, or... Is that right? Was, yeah, if it was, I was just trying to think of uh, that minutes thing, you know, it, uh, the, the hours, you know, that you need to do. Don't worry about the hours because it's going to take a long time. <laughs> so let's just say you're doing uh, five open mics. Yeah. Let's say you were doing five open mics a, a week. How okay. many How many days are there in the week? Seven? I'm panicking already. Is So is I give you two days off. I give you a weekend okay. off just like anywhere else. <laughs> If you're hustling, you yeah, can do it. You now, do of course, it. Okay. logistically, where you might be out in the country, it might be harder to do. But sure. if you're in a city... I feel like in this town, we're in Nashville. We're in Nashville. Like there's definitely five places you, you can go it. a week. Yeah. And if not, you create one. Yes. Right? If there's four, then you create the yeah, fifth. Yeah, we've definitely talked about that in the past. You yeah. You become so, the, the next one. So let, let's even back it off from there. Let's <laughs> say you're just doing seven a month. Right. Over the course of a year, you're approaching the 80, 90. Yeah. You're going to get a feel over the course of a year. Right how you're doing on stage. And it's going to take that while just to kind of get the rhythm down, to uh-huh. start even tapping into your timing, your comfort level, yeah. all those things. But, you know, let's say after you've done 100 shows or so, 100 open mics, right. whatever it might be, think back to which open mics invited you back. That's 
good point. All right. Think back to which open mics you've had good sets at. They may match the ones that invited you back. They may not. Right. Yeah. Think back to which shows you did where you felt the most comfortable, where you didn't have to edit yourself to, you know, appease the demands of the audience. Gotcha. Right. You know, if you're a bluer comic or whatever, and you felt like, you know, somebody asking you to keep it clean wasn't your thing, that's probably not going to be your ultimate audience. Right. Um, so think about where the success was and who those people in those crowds were. Yeah. That's probably your audience. Okay. And, and you could have a wide-ranging age group. I mean, it could be 20 to 50 if they're all feeling the angst that you're looking for. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if, you're, if you really appeal to college students and you realize that after 100 gigs, 100 shows, open mics, whatever it might be, then maybe you should start writing just for college students yeah. and not worry about the other folks for right. a while. Because when you finally find the group that you appeal the most to, you should spend the most time writing for them. For that. Okay. It's, it's okay if you write jokes that are for other groups or whatever, but if you're spending a majority of time writing it for other groups, you're not going to be focused enough on the group that's it's yours. Okay. So let's say you find yourself like Gavin, who's he's looking for people that are got some life experience, yeah. probably no longer in college, got a job. Well, here's how I, here's how I came to that uh, thing was that recently I thought, you know, anyone from, you know, 16 years old to, you know, 40s or whatever probably would, would understand it. Uh, or, or at least connect with me a little bit. And I went to do a little bit of work in someone's house, and there was like a couple of maybe, I don't know, 21, 22-year-old girls and this, and maybe a 22-year-old guy who was just sitting on the sofa. And I thought, I'm going to, you know, throw it out a little. <laughs> throw a few jokes I'm going to throw, well, I just thought I'll start a little conversation like, oh, are you guys new to Nashville? You know, and then maybe try to just throw in some funny things. And the 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 shutdown was so abrupt <laughs> that I went back to doing my work and it was just like, oh my God, I'm no good at this. And then I thought, no, wait, no, stop, wait. It's it's not that you're no good at it. It's that they're the wrong people. They're totally the wrong for people. it. Right, right. And so the, the, it was a thing that I thought, okay, well, that that audience may not be, you know, the unfortunately, the 21-year-old girl audience may not be my thing. Right. Um, Right, and that's that's important to realize that just because they can understand your jokes doesn't mean that they're right. going to connect deeply. Yeah, and, and that be, was it. That, and, that's what I felt. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's you got to tap into that exactly. So the more thank God I'm married and I don't have to put up with it anymore. <laughs> the rejection, <laughs> or you're just used to it at home. Yeah, I'm just used to, <laughs> it's I, the I'm same allowed. rejection. <laughs> Gavin, no more jokes at the dinner table. We've yeah. got to talk about meaningful things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, my comedy is is clean enough that anybody could watch my show sure but is it meant for everybody it's really not mine is meant for people kind of on 10 years either side of my age yeah with similar life experiences okay and we connect on those things now there could be younger people in the crowd there could be much older right and that's fine but am i writing jokes for the younger folks in the crowd and the much older no no i'm writing i'm writing jokes about me and my perspective and that's going to resonate with people closest to my age and my perspective right yeah so you know our last blog post was all about being yourself and it it took me a while to get to that point right and early on if i'd been myself people wouldn't have liked me because i I was a very much (laughs) likable guy i mean i wasn't i had a lot of problems and uh, i took it out on a lot of people but i eventually kind of like figured out that you got to be a good person right right? so it took a while So once you kind of realize who your people are... You're going to do the apology tour when yeah. you come back and just apologize. Right. I'm so sorry. Oh, was, yeah. Uh, but once you kind of figure out your people, you want to start writing for them. And you want to kind of figure out not only what are your pain yeah. points, but what are theirs. Because they might have some that aren't on your radar yet, right? but are in your wheelhouse. Yeah. So like for my group, 45 and you know 10 on either side, 
46, whatever you want to say. Uh, I'm kind of rounding down. Uh, yeah. But, you know, health starts to become a, a topic you hear a lot about. Sure. Cholesterol. So when I first started doing corporate events, and that's where most of my people were, mm-hmm. I, I thought, man, I should I should just do a joke about cholesterol because I've got a little bit of issue with it. Right. And I thought, well, these people are definitely in the demos. Yeah. And it's it's one of the biggest laughs I get, and it's about a cholesterol pill. I mean, but you wrote the joke because you knew you should write the joke, right? Basically, right? Because these are the people that are the the commercials are targeted towards them. Yeah, they're coming on my shows now. Sure. They're appearing on my side ads on yeah. everything. <laughs> so it's right. it's in my it's in the group. Wheelhouse. Yeah, Metamucil. Yeah, coming in. <laughs> so even if maybe I didn't have cholesterol issues, right? I may still write a joke about it. Yeah, yeah, because um, you know it's going to connect. Right, right. Um, a lot of people in my age group are dealing with a boomerang parents uh-huh. that are coming back to live with them in their older years instead of going to hospice or yes. whatever. I don't have that experience, but I could probably write some material around that. It's definitely out there, yeah. You know, um, saving for kids' college funds. Right. That's something that I'm going through right now, and I'm sure that's on the mind of most of the people in my audience. Yeah. Um, although most of their kids might be in college already. I don't already. even have children yet, and people are talking to me about it. Yeah. It's <laughs> so it's out there, right? So yeah. it's just finding out what's your audience. Uh, what's frustrating them, right. you write a joke to relieve that frustration, Frustration they connect. Right. Okay. So that's like one thing you can do to kind of start tailoring your writing a little bit. Okay. You can still do all the crazy side stuff, you know, that is your... The, that you grabs know, the other people. The other people in. Yeah. yeah. And one little tip here is when you're writing those jokes for, say, like the older crowd like I have, uh-huh. have some taglines on those jokes that resonate with the younger people. Okay. So relate cholesterol to a 21-year-old in some way. Right, okay. Okay, so just be thinking of that in the back of your head. How can I use my taglines to bring those people bring back that in? in? Okay. All right. So that's that's what you, one thing you want to do. You want to start putting together shows for those people. You know, Maybe you don't have an open mic where there's 45-year-old people going out. Right. I certainly, there's very few that I go to. Sure. So I, I found one here in, in town that kind of grabs that kind of crowd. But if I was a full-time you know, worker trying to work my way up into comedy and have sure. a regular job, I would find a Thursday or Saturday or whatever night around town where you could put a little show together. Do your thing. Yeah, yeah. and get those people to come out. So you're practicing the material that you want to deliver to your ultimate audience. Yeah. And so those people are going to help you get there. The other key thing <laughs> down the road once you get this going is to be able to describe what you do and who your ultimate audience is. Okay, like so an elevator pitch almost? A little bit, yeah. because here's a question every comic's going to get, even brand new if you've done it one time. So what kind of comedy do you do? Yeah. What's your comedy I've, about? <laughs> you've been asked that, I'm sure, already. I, absolutely, I have. And and it's so weird because I don't know answer? how to answer. My answer... What you got so far? It's usually... It's I talk about the frustrations of my life, but that's about it because okay. that's probably everything because I don't have... I don't have an act yet. I don't have, I don't even know who I am yet. Right. You know, right. it's super hard. Like, and then I'm talking to them. I'm in tears because I've <laughs> I failed and I don't know <laughs> right. what's going on. And, right. you know, so that statement is, it's just insane. It's, it's, it's honest. It's true, but it, it doesn't give them much to work no, with. No, it doesn't. No. And most comics will, you know, say something like, oh, the funny kind or whatever. Right. Yeah. I'm a little edgy. That's, that's a pretty wide term that right. everybody uses. I'm a little edgy or I'm yeah. a little clean. Or I'm, cl- <laughs> I'm clean for a club comic. Or right, I'm corporate yeah. clean but club funny. Yes. So all you're doing is describing yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you want to sell tickets, you need to describe your audience. When you okay. When you're marketing, you have to know who your audience is and put them in your description and your pitch. Khaki pants and tucked in shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that you would perform be... You <laughs> perform for Target employees. <laughs> yeah. And people who don't know how to dress at Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I guess that's true. I, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about that, who, who do you want in your audience... 
Well, think about the the most successful tour, the blue collar tour, right? right. The blue collar dollar tour is what it was called initially. Okay. Blue collar tour. Okay. Everybody that works blue collar would enjoy this tour. It tells them exactly. All right. It doesn't tell you. You're not saying that these four guys are blue collar guys. They're they're four comics. Right. But they cater towards the blue collar crowd. Gotcha. So that's that was like a little signal to the to people it. like, hey, I'm a blue collar guy. Probably yeah. check these guys out. Um, Same, I guess, if you saw like the rock and roll comedy tour, sure. it, you'd be like, okay, you know. Yeah, the comics of comedy tour. <laughs> yeah. You know, so the tour names can get kind of silly. But if you're trying to tell somebody who you are and what kind of comedy you do, you want to kind of get specific. So you want to hear mine? What's yours? All right, so this is the one that I'm kind of currently in. Okay. Uh, if I was going to describe my stuff, you know, think about your banner for your website. Right. Let's just let's do it this way because this is most people will find out about you and go search you on Google. Uh huh. What's going to come up on the top of your website? Okay. All right. What is so it? for me, Rick Roberts provides clean comedy for hardworking audiences who who want to spend an hour together having fun. Ah. Rick Roberts provides clean comedy that tells them about me. Yep. Now all the rest is about them. For well, hardworking it audiences, it tells it, it tells them the content's going to be clean. Okay. But I'm looking for hardworking people. Yeah. I'm not necessarily looking for the brainiacs or the accountants. I'm, I'm looking for, another, in other words, of a blue-collar tour, but yeah. blue-collar kind of crowd. But hardworking audience who want to spend, subliminally, spend spend <laughs> some money on this comedian yeah. while you're sitting together for an hour having fun. Yeah. So that is just one way you can kind of position yourself so people go, oh, so you're the perfect comic for us. But it doesn't alienate. It doesn't really alienate anyone right, either. Right, right, It's general know? enough to where everybody can see themselves in it. Right. You know, but I don't say for blue-collar crowds only or for rural crowds yeah, only. Yeah, because I'd go, well, I'm hardworking. Right. I'll go. Who like, doesn't want to re-recognize as a hardworking yeah. person? <laughs> I'm not that hardworking. <laughs> it's not for me. Right. So <laughs> everybody that's Googling yeah. is probably, you know, for me, they're event planners. Sure. They're definitely hard workers. Yeah. And their employees, they figure, are hard workers. So they're identifying themselves as a hard worker. Yeah. So, and, you know, you could rephrase that 10 different ways to put somebody in the position of hiring you. It that, helps It helps them hire you, and it helps people go to the show. Right. Yeah. So if 10 guys said they're all, you know, the other 10 clean comics in town, say we're just clean comics. Yeah. And that's it. But I've got clean comics for hardworking groups. Yeah, mine could be like... Have you ever thought about running yourself into a concrete embankment after a phone call with your mother? (laughs) You know. If you have, you're no longer able to come to my show. If you did unsuccessfully, we have handicapped parking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. um, That's what, in the speaking business, they call it like a positioning statement. Right, okay. So it just enables them to see you and and see what they're going to be seeing. Right. Like they're putting themselves in the statement with that. And the other thing that I think you even skipped over because you don't even think about it is having the statement itself uh breeds confidence right 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 you know because if you ask me and even if i know who my audience is and i know who i am and if the first words out of my mouth are um right so like what i do is like you know i'm this guy who's up there and it's like and they've already tuned out and it's like they're just like okay next guy and then they ask you and you're like Here's what I am. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. And if, if they're engaged in it, they'll ask more questions. Yeah. So let's just role play. You're like an event buyer for, um, let's say, Harley Davidson's going to have a conference. They want to come. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I give you that first sentence. What question would you follow up with? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've never planned an event. Okay. Well, let's, let's flip it around. What, so would, what would it be? They would go, oh, so. What do you got to offer? They would they would hear that <laughs> spend an hour together having fun hardworking folks. Okay. Well, have you ever performed for a Harley group before? Oh, okay. All right. 
well, no, but I have done this for uh, Indian or whatever, you know, Yamaha. Yeah. And a similar type of crowd. So you, you try to follow that through with the best audience that you you've had. You have any Japanese bicycle jokes have, or the, no, <laughs> the motorcycle I don't have jokes. any of that. And then you kind of get deeper and deeper into yeah. it. And you start talking about the groups that you have. And you want them to envision the outcome of right. hiring you. All right. So so when they're talking to me, sometimes they don't know if they want me to do the speech or the comedy show. Right. Okay. Because I do both. And, and I don't know until I ask them what they – What s- the event is. Yeah. Maybe if it's a corporate party or if it's a you know training if, seminar. Right, thing. right. Yeah. So one clarifying statement I, or question I have is, so when I'm on stage, do you see your people kick back, laughing, having a great time, or leaning forward, taking notes, but enjoying the process? Right. And so that tells me what, if they want the comedy or the speech. Right, okay. So it gives, you know, we go back and forth and kind of figure out if I'm the right fit, and you're, but you're showing confidence all the way through it. Okay, yeah. You know, and, and so what I'm trying to do at first is get to the no as quick as I can and tell them that I'm not the right fit. Get Okay, that doesn't sound... Doesn't sound right, does it? Doesn't sound right. (laughs) But if I take a gig that's not my ultimate audience, the the results are going to be average at best. Yes. And they may or may not hire a comic again. Yeah. So if I dig deep into who I know that I perform best for and get those questions and ask them and and realize it's not, then I can stop the conversation right there and go, you know what, I could do this show for you, but I know somebody that's way better qualified or is yeah, better yeah, yeah. material or a better program for you. Right. Let like me connect said, you with that folks. If they said, yeah, our guys are more like they listen to hard rock all the time and they want, you know, blue comedy and like they, you know, and uh, then you'd go like, maybe that's not my thing. I would definitely you know, tell them it's not me. You know. And, the, or if they go and sometimes they'll say this, hey, I see it says clean on your website, but you can go for it, man. The, whatever right. you want to do. They think you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I automatically say, well, I'm definitely not your guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in the old days, I would have taken the gig because I didn't know who my audience was. Right. Now I do. Yeah. So early on, take whatever. But once but you kind of figure it out. But you would take it thinking that you could prove them, uh, like prove them wrong, that, that, that they really did want you. You would just say no because it's not it's not going to help you in the long run. Right. Okay. Right, because, I mean, all kinds of bad things can happen. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm an yeah. optimist and confident guy, but I know if I'm not in my ultimate audience, it's yeah. not going to be the best show for everybody. I feel like that, too. I'm an optimist with a giant list of all the things that could go wrong, <laughs> like, in the background. Well, there are a ton of things. That go <laughs> yeah. And the, and the worst of all is somebody takes a video of you melting down on stage because it's not your crowd and you're right. blaming the audience. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter who that person was. Now it's on YouTube, it's and every time over, they search yeah. your name, it shows up yep. too. Not that you should be afraid of something like that, but that could happen, right? Yeah. So pick the gigs that are, are best for you, but learn to ask the questions to help identify okay. if this is the right fit this for you. Is, uh, obviously, you found my weak spot. I don't even know the questions. Well, so we, we'll, we'll get into I a whole I have lots different. of weak spots. That's one. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's key to have some of those quanti- you know, qualifying statements and, and questions because if you don't, you're just taking the gig for money only. Right. Which money... Which as soon as... That's exactly that never what I thought. As soon out. as you said Harley Davidson, I thought, oh, they got a budget. <laughs> right. That was my thought. And I'm sure they would. I thought they got a budget. Yeah. But if you get up there in front of a 1,000 people for yeah. 5,000 bucks and you eat it... Right. So you know got, when you're wearing your leather pants, guys, right. and they're like, oh, my God, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I ride a hog, too. Yeah. You know, they, they can smell a fake right in my whole yeah. life. So you want to find those groups and start kind of you know, projecting the end result of them buying you. Right, yeah. So that's another thing I say is, you know, what I want to do for you guys is to have a show that sets you up for years of success down the road. People will have a higher expectation for what to expect from the comedy show. Sure. You'll have more people attend the fundraiser because of that. You'll have a higher um, attendance rate from your employees yeah. because they they heard that they missed out on a great thing last right. year. And I'll even help you find the comics for the next three or four years uh-huh. until you can have me again. 
Yeah. And so you're showing them that not only are you somebody that can fill that one hour time spot, but you're also a go-to person yeah. and a resource above and beyond just being sure. a comedian. And I know out there- Well, because then you could come back and then do, if they said, well, we're not really good on the comedy thing with you, but uh, you know what, next year we're doing a training thing and your speech on you know this topic would be perfect. A- absolutely. Know? So, And that's happened before. They're yeah. like, you know, thanks for letting us know that you're not the right fit comedy wise, but that speech is exactly what we're looking for. Okay. And and best case scenario, sometimes they get hired to do both. Right. Uh, but but kind of figuring out if it's a good crowd for me or not. Yeah. And you know my success ratio with that is is increased <laughs> every year, but there's still one or two that fall through the cracks and sure. they didn't give me the correct information or I didn't ask enough questions and right. I get there and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. And you just, and you do it and you yeah. learn. But I've, you know you want to find out who those people are so you do the best job you can. Sure. So. If you're new and you're starting and you've got to the point where you kind of know who your people are, but you can't really find, you don't have the money for marketing to them yet, putting up a website for them or doing any kind of direct contact marketing, you might want to find somebody that entertains the same kind of audience that you want. Okay. But their act is completely different than yours. Okay. All right. So let's just say for me, I'm clean. I do a little bit of guitar in my show. Uh I would not want to say... go to another guy who's clean and plays guitar and say, can I open for you? Because I'm the same, you know, to the audience, I'm the same kind of guy. Right. I would maybe want to go to a magician, juggler, whatever, somebody that's different so that I would bring something new to the show but not step on them. Right. And it gives the buyer two options and and the audience two things to laugh at. So it's tempting early on to go, oh, I see this website. You know, this comedy club has guitar comics every week. That's my... I'm going to send my... Well, you know what? (laughs) They don't need you because they've got guitar <laughs> comics every week. <laughs> right. Or if they've got a hypnotist every third month. They yeah. don't need another hypnotist yeah. because they've got the you know, the sure. four for the year, whatever it is. So find places where you have something to bring that they don't see much. Yeah. But you're connecting with the same audience as somebody yeah. that you're shooting for. So that's one way you can kind of get that thing going. Yeah. And definitely while you're in front of those audiences, get your video camera out, get some some video of you on stage. Right a letter of recommendation from whoever booked you and then put it on and put it on there yeah and now you start branding like yourself as somebody that's great for those kinds of audiences sure yeah and then people that like uh, it just makes so much sense that people know where to put you and then they put you in there right you and know? the reason people don't do this comics don't do it and musicians don't do it because they feel like it's pigeonholing them but you can't that they want to do everything or that they should be able to do they feel everything? that if I if I put on my website I'm great for blue collar audiences uh-huh that none of the high-dollar, white-collar businesses will call it. Right. But what you've done is you've made yourself easier to buy for one audience instead of so... Like, here's here's a th- the way to think about it. If you're only performing for general audiences, uh-huh. I guarantee you're only going to have general success. Okay. When you can be specific and get really good at, at one group, yeah. you're going to have massive success. Okay. Because all of your focus is in one place. And those people will be loyal and they'll be... They'll be loyal. They'll easily yeah. recommend you to other groups other associations that are similar to theirs true if you're just general i'm funny to all audiences guy yeah you know it's so i do i sort of have that because i i do like handyman work and i build but i also build super high-end custom furniture you know and i do all those kind of things and so nobody knows quite where to they don't know whether they should have me come snake their drains at their house or build them a five thousand dollar dining table. Well, let me ask you this, because this could help your side, I want more your side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you like doing better? 
Yeah, I like putting on my headphones and zenning out making a dining room table for $5,000. I do not like touching dirty hair that's in a drain for two years. So you need a positioning statement for your business. Yeah. Um, High-end, high-quality, custom wood and whatever. Something, yeah. Yeah, woodwork. Design work or something. Yeah, Yeah. design specifically (coughs) for you and your unique needs. Yeah. Boy, how many ladies would like to hear that? Yeah. This guy does custom design woodwork for yes. my special needs. This is awesome. My wife would like me to do some around custom the house. Right. Around the house. Yeah. I know a light that you can build. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, w- just stop. Stop putting the word out that you're a guy that can snake drains too. Yeah. If you happen to be there on a yeah. site and they're like, "Hey, could you, you not do this?" Right now, I'm. The fear, though, right now is that I'm not making enough money just only doing that. Like, I'm gonna go. I'm the custom woodworking guy, and then crickets. You know, until I. But I think here's what's paying the bills. Here's the reality. Right. Somebody might be thinking, I would. This guy does custom woodwork. I'd like to. Wait a minute. He's he's a plumber. He's snaking my drain. How good right. can this woodwork How, be? That's true. That's right? true. So either have two websites, two different phone numbers, and two different pitches, <laughs> two different names, or do just, what you yeah. want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll still get some of those other little gigs, yeah. you know, to to fill in the gaps. Yeah, but, I kind of I kind of have that a little bit where I have like a. My Instagram account or whatever is Gavin Miller Design, you know, and then my comedy stuff is under a, like a different Twitter handle. So they're very separate things. Um, you know, you guys can go check out both. But <laughs> the funniest woodworker but, around. Yeah, absolutely. And eventually, that might be your audience. Yeah, I mean, who who knows? I I don't know. I, I've I like that audience and I like those people. You know, because they're usually intelligent and artistic and well, always you know, hardworking and always pitch yourself to the top end of your market. Yeah. So say you had, I mean, a $5,000 job versus a $80 snake yes. job or whatever. Yes. Um, how many $80 snake the plumbing jobs you got to do to make 5000 bucks? <laughs> now they're quicker. Yeah. But do you have any pride in your work like no. you do when you do a coffee no. table? I or? want to kill myself when I leave. I, so, it's so terrible. As soon as you can. Soul crushing. Stop even mentioning that. Yeah. Or if somebody calls you and says, hey, you, you snaked the drain for my neighbor. Could you come over and get my house? Find somebody that you can call up and say, hey. Yeah. Here's a lead. Give me twenty percent when you when you get to the check. That's true. And start giving that away. Okay, that's and, a good point. I like that. Because Gavin, I want you to be happy and successful. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you coming here smelling like sewer. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather you come in here smell like uh, hickory or yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely. Hickory smoked uh, dining room table. But I think that's yeah. true of a lot of businesses out there. They want to get. I mean, here in Nashville, we got three or four. Yeah, you know, I guess I won't mention names, but they're, they're the companies that will snake your drain, check your electricity, yes. do your air yeah. conditioning unit. And it's, it's you, really, are you good at all of those things? Or or are you good at any of them? Who right. knows? Can you find one person that also has an electrical degree and right. does this? I don't, th- you know. Yeah. So I lose all faith in a company that's trying to do all things. Somebody that's bold enough to say, I do this really it's well. Gut check right now, buddy. <laughs> I, I bet this would skyrocket your business. Yeah. There'd be the initial little dip where you don't get a couple of these little side jobs. Sure. But the jobs that you're working on, you're more focused on, you do right. better work. Yeah. Same thing for comedy. Yeah. I have found out that the, the work... And I guess it's true in comedy as well, is that when I do do a good job doing those pieces of custom work, it translates in other people see it and they just go, holy cow, who did that? Who made exactly. that? Who whatever. Exactly. I'm not there in comedy yet, but, you know, I well, guess in comedy it's the same thing. You know, it's you go exactly kill a the crowd same thing. And You're leaving behind this nice work, ta- this table or right. a writing table, and people will see that for decades. Yeah. 
and that's a standing tribute to the quality work you can do. Yeah. You make an impact at a conference or and, and I'll take it out of the corporate scene altogether. If you're in a club and you're the best club comic, yeah. people are gonna come back and see you because your reputation outlasts your performance. Right. And there might be a video of it that, that keeps videos. Yeah. Plus you've got a, a portfolio piece with your woodworking, sure, right? Yeah, you yeah. put it on your Instagram account. Yeah. Your letter of recommendation yeah. in a brief video clip becomes your portfolio Becomes for your comedy. Thing. Okay, gotcha. So I think this is actually good. You brought that up because it, it makes it a lot more easy to relate yeah. to. Because I'm feeling it. I'm. It's so weird because I'm like in the middle step in one business and at the beginning step on another, and I, I feel like a lot of people when they move into comedy, they forget all the other things they've learned in their entire life. And I'm trying to like translate those things over, but it's so weird. It's like they come at it like a newborn fish, like they have no clue about the world. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing: is you don't always have to leave the other one behind either. Yeah. Oh if, no, I'm not because it's I love it. Do, do you know how many comedy clubs could use some a comic for the week? Yeah. Who also could help them do some electrical rewiring or some yeah. woodwork? I yep. mean, if that was in your bio. Yeah. That would also put you up against other <laughs> yeah. comics who didn't have that skill in your right. I mean, yeah. I knew comics back in the, the day. stage or something. Yeah. yeah. You come in, a guy could paint like crazy, do the murals on the wall, and right. he worked during the week. These are little <sighs> things that can you know show them you've got a skill Give until me some your hope comedy right skill now. takes over. <laughs> There's all kinds of opportunity out there. So that's, that's the first thing I want you to do is stop doing jobs that don't lead to your ultimate audience. Okay. Okay. And this is with your business. At yeah. comedy, you've still got it. Yeah, 90, yeah, yeah. 99 still, more gigs yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop pursuing or marketing or spending any money towards people that aren't going to pay you for what you do best. Okay. Because it's it's just going to hold you back from getting better for that group that you want to work for. Right. And with your portfolio, just like your woodworking, you wouldn't want to upload 10 pictures of you snaking out yes. the drain. Yeah. With your comedy, don't upload videos that aren't consistent with the brand you're trying to establish. Right. And for okay. Who, make sure the audience that you want hiring you sees themselves in the audience that's watching you on stage in your videos. Okay be doing material that the audience you want to hire you could actually enjoy. Right, okay. Don't give them six of this and then five are like, uh, we uh, like these six, we hate these five things. Yeah. Because then you've just crossed yourself out. Yeah. You've just put a Because somebody else can deliver all of them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so in all this, it's it's kind of subjective to a lot of degree. If you've done 100 gigs, 150, and you don't know what your ultimate audience is, ask for some perspective. From you know, who? anybody that hires you or other comics you're working with or people that are booking you. Okay. Say, hey, listen, I, I feel like I want to narrow my focus a little bit. Who do you think really gets my material? What what, what jokes do I have that appeal to the most people? Right. What, like where do you see me? Yeah. What, what, what of my act have you seen that you think is the best yeah. that I should be doing more of? Right. Okay. And just ask for some honest feedback from some people. And you'll hear a theme develop after five or ten people give you an answer. Gotcha. Okay. So that'll help you kind of dial it in. Yeah. That was a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a lot. But it's true. It is, yeah. You know, you really can't be all things to all people. Yeah, that is very true. Saying no will help you say yes to the people who need it more. Yeah. You'll be focused on them more. And you're not chasing your tail around. You know, being busy is fine. Yeah. But that's being successful right now. Just busy. is better. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather be successful or? I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather come home at the end of the day and, and want to live another day. Not, you know, going yeah. home and hoping that I got all the, the Drano off my clothes or the, you know what I mean? Oh, I know it's, exactly. Busy does not breed success. I'm super busy. I mean, I am super busy doing all my different things, but it is, I just, 
<laughs> it takes me a couple of minutes to even think about writing comedy after because yeah. I have to sit down and go like, you're okay, you're fine, your inner child is happy, now write some You've comedy. you got an inner child? Or got, yeah, oh, we, it's definitely. <laughs> we can't have you on the podcast anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Well, you know, I it's funny because I, I also uh, do music, and I remember in college uh, I was going to. You're a drummer. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a drummer. And so I got an offer to go audition for this punk rock, hardcore punk rock band from New York. And they were going to pay. It was like all expenses paid trip down to Miami. They were going to hold auditions down there. Like, you know, they'd gotten my name from somebody. And it was like, you know, this is amazing, right? And I I wasn't comfortable with it because I didn't know who I was as a drummer yet. Um, and so I went to one of my uh, musical mentors. Uh, this uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but his, uh, he's a trombone player. Um up at Towson University where I went to school. And I was like, hey, here's the deal. I was like, they got money. It's punk rock music. I Maybe that's me. And he said, For, forget about all that stuff. And he said, my advice as a, he was probably 45, 50 years old. He said, find the places that you want to play and the people you want to play in front of and do whatever happens there. Right, right. <laughs> and he goes, do you... Do you want to play in hole-in-the-wall, punk rock, dirty clubs in front of people that have no money? And he goes, for the rest of your life. And I was like, well, no, now that you put it that way, I don't. No, right. I don't. And and it changed it changed everything. And it made it made me play different music. Mm-hmm. Music that I was that was getting me into places that were more comfortable, nicer places that had fruit plates i mean you know what i mean well yeah like you want to be treated well yeah and and all of a sudden it it helped but it it got me a lot more uh gigs got me a ton more gigs uh i did go to the punk rock thing and i was sitting there during the audition and i'm in the middle of playing one of the songs and i just realized i was like yep he was right yeah i hate this yeah i'm glad you i was gonna ask you actually because i would do the audition for the experience i did I, i flew down i did the audition you know, and I was auditioning in front of this guy who would like work with Led Zeppelin, like just you know, the, it was, seemed like the perfect. You know, I just said a number of how much I wanted to make a week, and they were like, "That's fine," and I was like, "Okay, no one's ever said that before. That's more money than I've made." Yeah, and it was everything was perfect about it except for it was totally wrong. Right, right. And I, and I. As soon as I was halfway through the song, I counted the song off in the first, I think we got to the first chorus, and I was like, I, I want to go home. Yeah. Like, this is not me. This is not who I want to play in front of. Nope. And it would, it I would hate just, this venue. It's dirty. Yeah. It would just delay your eventual success and what you wanted to yeah. do. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when I switched it, it was like, it was like a rocket. Right. Everybody knew exactly what I looked like, the style I played, everything. Yeah. And it was much better. So you see what we're saying. That's my <laughs> The, it just occurred to me. I was like, actually, I've been through a horrific version of this yeah. and came out on the other side. Yeah. yeah. So to be when you get to that point, be specific. Yeah. Uh, find your people and write for them. Don't try to write for everybody. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely it. I think that's the key. Yeah. That's the key takeaway. I feel today. better. I feel better well, right now. <laughs> good. You can get up off the couch and yeah. walk out. And you've <laughs> clean done our clean up your tears. And <laughs> But it's true. I think everybody out there eventually will find their ultimate audience. Hopefully yeah. today gives you a few guidelines to think about. Yeah. Definitely early on, do all the gigs until you kind of start finding out who those groups are. Don't cool. stop doing gigs early. Um, but have fun with it. 
keep us posted. Shoot us some emails. Let us know how it's going out there. And uh, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Y'all take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.